Welcome to Echo Sunday Service. We hope your family has been able to adapt to having church at home. But if Sunday mornings have been just a little chaotic for you, I want to encourage you to tune in tonight at 8 p.m. Today is the last week in our series, Hear Me Roar. Our goal and our hope is that these stories have inspired you to let people know what God has been doing in your life, even during this challenging time. Here are some highlights to expect today. Our incredible echo band leading us in worship, a message from Andy and Christy, a story from an amazing family at Echo Church in a time of response. Post-service, I encourage you to click on the Zoom link below in the video description and join us for a time to connect, a virtual lobby. I want to say a big thank you to the incredible generosity you all have shown this week. We are midway through giving out 1,000 pizzas to Rochester Public School staff. 1,000! <laughs> Ambitious. <laughs> Lastly, let us know how we can pray for you. Comment on this video or email us your prayer requests. Let's do this together. What's up, Echo fam? I'm Jacob. I'm Rachel. And we are so excited to share a little bit of our hearts with you this morning. The verses we're going to be focusing on are Matthew 5, 13 through 16. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. We've been thinking about how God is calling us to be the salt and the light in this time. And when I think of salt, I think of how it enhances the best flavors in food. And so how can we encourage people and how can we build them up and enhance the best part of them in this time? Another thing that I think of is a quote that my dad used to always tell us when we were kids. Um, Stress doesn't build character, it reveals it. So we're trying to be mindful of what character we're revealing in this stressful time um, by being salt and light. So in this time of uncertainty when people are afraid of the unknown, uh, let's be those people of encouragement and of hope. Bring it all to peace, the storm surrounding me. Let it break at your name. Still, call the sea to still, the rage in me to still every wave at your name. And Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus, you silence. Silence, fear, and Jesus, Jesus. 
Hey, what's up, Echo? It is so good to see me. I can't even right now. We miss you guys. <laughs> Ignore his bad joke. laugh, bad dad joke. Uh, honestly, we miss you. Uh, we're not really into staring into the camera and saying hi to you through that lens. We cannot wait until we get to meet with you guys uh, as soon as possible. Amen. 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 Live is better, y'all. <laughs> we're going to go ahead and open up to Leviticus 19, and we're going to eventually get to 19.9. Uh, before we do, I just want to talk to you a little bit about the context of this scripture. At the very beginning of Leviticus, what we read is this, is that the Lord speaks to Moses and he says, Speak to the entire assembly of Israel and say to them, Be holy because I, the Lord your God, am holy. Now, those are some very religious words and uh, some uh, religious uh, connotations. Uh, But really what God is trying to tell the Israelites is this. Be more like me than the world around you. Leviticus 19.9 says this, is when you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleaning of your harvest. Do not go over your vineyard a second time or pick up the grapes that have fallen. In fact, leave them for the poor and the foreigners, for I am the Lord your God. That was God's way of just saying this, is you know what? It's time for us to live beyond self. See, if we're going to be more like God, if we're going to learn the roar that God wants us to scream in Rochester and around the world, then we simply need to begin to see the needs and celebrate other people. And Echo Church, you hit a home run this week. And I just want to take a moment and I want to celebrate with you on what we did with the Joy Boxes and Pizza on Echo wanted to do what we could just to bring a little extra joy.
kids, and we think one of the coolest ways to support kids is to support the people who impact kids. Spread in the love. Spread <laughs> in Jesus' love in the form of pizzas. Echo family, you nailed it. We are so blown away seeing what has happened in the past couple weeks because of your generosity, because of you sacrificing time, coming together for this city, for this community in such a time where it is needed and joy is needed to be brought into our yes. community. So thank you. In the Bible, there's a verse that we love, super popular verse for many reasons, and it's in 1 John 4, 19. It says, we love because he loved us first. You see, we are called to give joy because we received it first. And there's this phrase that I've been brewing on this week, like gospel love versus my love. When I say that, like my love, Christy Cass love, it's limiting. Sometimes. It, I t I'm tired. And I can be stretched. I can react. My love is not perfect. But God's love, the gospel love, it is. And I just think that it is so challenging every single day for me to look at how I can love people, how I can have God's love, the gospel love, yep. and that he calls us to seek the deserted. He tells us to find the abandoned, the broken, the lost, the hurting, even just making someone's day by delivering a joy box. It matters. So we just want to inspire you guys and just remind you, Echo Church, to not miss the opportunity that God has for you, to don't hide or shut down, to not run past opportunity or situations or people even, to, don't, to not ignore what he's putting before you. And so we just want to continually inspire you to let us hear your roar. We want to hear you. We want to see you because gospel's love is about obedience it's about submission, it's about honor, it's about love, and it's about trust. Okay, so so here's the deal. There are two things that bring me joy in life. Number one, it's some scriptures in the Bible that are just slightly odd. The second one is thinking about our past haircuts. <laughs> We've had a lot. It's, it's, it's insane, actually. So what, it, what, Christy, what's the most memorable haircut you've ever had? Oh man, for sure the mullet I had in first grade. That's a, that was a winner. <laughs> um, yeah, that was. You want to know what mine is? What one? I think I was probably maybe a junior, maybe sophomore, maybe freshman, and I had this really great idea to kind of do this bowl cut, but then leave two tassels of long hair down I can't. in front of my ear, so they were like like really wicked sideburns. Andy would color his own hair before he met me too. So there's like lots of photos where his hair is like yellow, like I was banana yellow. I have like, I had one I thought I grabbed. This is hard to see though. But your hair is like growing out. Like you definitely colored this, it yourself. Like what is that? Come on everybody, come on. Isn't that a good one? And he wrote on the back, chilling at Christmas. <laughs> this one here, this is like horrific. 
I'm for sure like show it. That's me. The short hair. Are you kidding me right now? I can't. You are looking. That's totally like a pro image. Fine. How that about this one? That one's my fave. This is the couple. Glory days. The GQ. You may think, oh, where are you sitting? A motorcycle? No, nope. <laughs> moped. Yeah, baby. Sean Fagan in the, the house. Red. That one was good. Yeah, let's show the world the Look true, at the the true inner. So gross. This is the true inner Andy, right? Here. Should he bring it back? <laughs> or are you cringing? Oh, that's pretty good. This oh, is a good one. This but is here, a, my mom gave no, me no, a no. perm. This right here is the true inner Christy. This is like me at Zakaya's age. Can we get both Christy and? <laughs> I think I look good. You're so mean, babe. Okay, okay. Leviticus 19:27. It says this: Do not cut the hair at the side of your heads or clip off the edges of your beard. And again, it's kind of it's a core nod. value of Echo. Yeah, I'm kidding. It's the new haircut that we're trying to reveal via social media. Um, but some of you, like me, you read that scripture and you're like, "Why is that in there?" is that this isn't God saying, hey, this is the hairdo that I want you to have, but this is the attitude mm -hmm. that I want you to be reminded of. See, when you see people with this type of hair and this type of beard, you are, you are to be reminded that God's people are to be generous. They're to be a generous people, that they were supposed to leave the edges of their fields unreaped so people could come and pick it up those extra grapes that people could come and find hope and joy see because we're supposed to be people that give joy and mm -hmm. people of joy and in fact joy comes in in many shapes and and many sizes and many different packages one of our favorite 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 books in the bible is james for multiple reasons but one thing that i have loved about the book of James is when I'm going through something or I'm going through a trial, it's really good perspective check. And I think that like Andy was saying with Leviticus is it's that whole concept of being one step ahead to looking at the picture that's bigger than what you see and asking God, like, what, what can I do? Or what is, what can I learn from this? In James one, it says this, it says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, Whenever you face trials of many kinds, so it's not if, it's when, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete. See, he's trying to teach us something through that, not lacking anything. I mean, I can read that over and over, but it's just it like we can naturally think there's no way I could find joy in this moment. But God is teaching us something through that. Yep. And we want to be people that share our roar, that hear the roar. And so let's continue listening to the roar of a family who struggled but remained persistent. Hi, I'm Nels Pearson, and this is Nicole Pearson. <laughs> We've 20 been married years. for 20 years this June. We had two kids. We had Sonia, and then we had Charlie, and we had healthy pregnancies. We had... Um, easy deliveries and we had a, a boy and a girl so we were we were pretty certain we were done having kids ourselves and we talked about it at that time even um, that if we wanted more kids we could always adopt and that was something that from a family planning standpoint you know we, we believe in that and, and trying to figure out what type of family we we wanted to grow into 
I just signed up for some emails and I got regular emails from a place called Rainbow Kids. It's a worldwide sort of gathering spot of information about adoption. And in May of 2013, I saw Marta Shea's photo on an email and they talked about how he was always smiling and he was in the picture and he had his hands in his pockets and he just looked so full of hope and I couldn't believe that he was just out there waiting for a family. Nels was out of town for work and I just said, I sent for more information. His name is Martiche and I think I love him. We'd already had the conversations before. Um, okay, well, I'm glad we talked about it and here we go moving forward. I kept thinking, we're just not those people. We're, we can't do this. We talked to the kids and they were excited. They were, you know, they were intrigued by the idea for sure. And then there were literally walls being put up that new requirements and paperwork that were being put out by another government that we have no control over. Our process ended up taking three years when traditionally an adoption like this was expected to take approximately a year. Um, Marta went through illnesses while he was in Congo still. It's, so, it's such a helpless feeling to not be there. There was a day when we had had another conference call with the Department of State. There was a person very high up within the Department of State who told us in no uncertain terms that we really should have no expectation that these kids would ever come home. At that moment, we, that was over two years into it, and I just felt so lost. There is literally nothing else we can do. The president had interceded and talked to their president, and there was, there was no reason to believe that he would come home. Um, but I didn't doubt that he would. So we, we did go on a trip with Sonia and Charlie to meet Marta Shea, and we were able to spend just under two weeks in Congo with him, which was priceless looking back. We got to meet other families and meet other kids and spend time with him in his country, but it was hard to leave him, and we didn't know when we were going to see him again. And there was always the language barrier and we didn't know what to say when we left. It was a year and a half after that trip before he came home. We weren't alone at that time either. Um, there were 1,700 other families that were, uh, you know, from other countries even that were equally impacted by this. I mean, there was an official this is your son. It was recognized by the Democratic Republic of Congo at that time. He was legally our son. He just couldn't leave the country at that time. Everything just took longer. So each step that we thought would take a day or two took a week or two. Um, and so it was mid-January when they finally said, you should come now. We dropped Nels off at the airport on a Thursday and he flew all over the place and never was in a hotel and got back with Martiche Sunday night. And he arrived in Minnesota in mid-January and it was minus 20 at the Rochester airport. We hand him this coat and he's like, I'm fine. <laughs> and we're like, no, really, you need to put this on. Like, 
Welcome home. It hurts your face. Hurts your face. <laughs> Nicole, you win. Best line. Best line That's of so the good. day. Truth. Welcome to Minnesota. Your face is going to hurt. Mic drop. <laughs> Let's just pray. For real. Be We're done. done. We're done. But for real, though, Annie and I, we want to just take apart some scripture and some concepts with you and just dig a little deeper with you. We want to talk about a tunnel. And the tunnel can be whatever you're going through right now or maybe looking at your life in seasons or trials. And God is calling us to find joy in the tunnel. Yeah. So when I was young, uh, my youth pastor would take us to Sparta and the Sparta bike trail uh, had all these tunnels, these old train tunnels. And I remember when we started going into that tunnel, legitimately the light at the end of the tunnel was so small. And I remember going through this tunnel. It was dark. It was damp. It was smelly. It was dark, just dark and dingy and kind of scary. And uh, I, I sense that we need to hear in this very moment that we are to find joy in the tunnel. Because when you get out of the tunnel, you don't really know exactly what you're going to experience. In fact, I've got this picture that when we get out of this tunnel that we're all currently in, uh, will we find joy if it's a rainy day? Mm -hmm. See, sometimes we get ahead of ourselves and we have a perspective and we hope and we hope and we hope. And then when we actually get to the end of the tunnel or out of the tunnel and it's raining, our day's ruined. And I just want to remind us that God is calling us to find joy in this very moment. Yeah, and I just think right now with everything changing around us, God's calling us to change as well. Yep. So it's changing our perspective, changing the way we view things, changing our attitude, changing our structure of the day or our routine. Because when things are under pressure, your faith life is forced to be open, put brought out into the open and show its true colors. And y'all, my colors haven't been the best at all the t all times, but we're working on it. Right, Andy? Are we working on it? Yes, you are. One thing, too, when when you're in the tunnel is I think it's so easy when we're at our in our valley or at our lowest point. I don't know if you've ever made promises like, God, if you get me through this, if you get me through cancer, if you get me through this miscarriage, if you get me through this job loss or this mm -hmm. financial hardship. Mm -hmm or a strain in a relationship, whatever it is, whatever your valley is, I promise I'll do this. Yeah. And I just think that right now, God is calling us in the tunnel, the promises that we're making to live those out right now. Absolutely. And I just want to tell you that refinement in our life will require a willingness to submit our roadmap to Jesus. I don't know what's going on in your life, but in these moments of refinement, man, would you be willing to submit your roadmap to Jesus. Well, I used to live in a home and then I started living in a foster home. That's when dad adopted me. I was, I was happy because you know, I was going to have a family finally. But I was also sad because I was going to leave what I had because I still had a mom and some few siblings. Now I have a lot of things I didn't have, like going to a better school, you know, and having a loving parent. It is, it's amazing. He's so resilient. <laughs> My 
Mardashay has every reason in the world to be angry and sad and to shut people out and to not believe in God. And he doesn't do any of that. And he is so much our son that I can't imagine our world without him. Um, it's so hard to look back at photos from prior to him being home and realizing what what life would have been like if he had been home at that time. And yet, in some, some days, it feels like he's always been here. I'll realize that Mardashe was alive in the world and living his life somewhere without us. That just seems so incredible and unjust and amazing. And, and yet, it does make it richer. It does make waiting for him worth it. Mardashe, man, you're worth waiting for. What a, I mean, talk about it. That's probably a cooler line oh. than your face is frozen. Yeah, it's inspiring. <laughs> it really is. Uh, and the question that I want to ask uh, us, ask you, uh, is are we going to be willing to be patient enough to wait for what God wants to bring to us? Uh, see, where is that balance of waiting upon the Lord, but yet waking ourselves up and working the land? That's good. Isaiah forty twenty nine says, He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, He increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young man shall utterly fall. Let me just pause here. God is painting this picture that young and prideful individuals, man, they're going to try to do it on their own. They're going to make it happen. I know that I've had that attitude in the past. I know you have. Oh, I definitely have. And it's so, that's a picture that God's trying to paint is that there is a balance between the waiting and mm -hmm. the willing. Yeah. In verse 31, it says, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. See, I believe there's a balance to be found in trusting God and His willingness over our own ability. Our ability to work harder or work smarter and to make things happen. I think at this very moment, we need to ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, we know what you want us to do, but how long do you want us to wait here? I think so many times when we were waiting for Mardashe, the only thing we had was faith. Um, before we went on the trip to meet him, we literally had people telling us that he probably didn't exist, that we were part of a scam, that we were never getting him out of there if he was real. Um, I think my faith was shallow and I didn't have a need for God. I didn't have a need for a relationship with God. And it's really hard to say that. Again, so much of this is in retrospect, how much we were led and how much of this has been about God and about our calling. Adoption is 
a complicated journey, whether it's embryo adoption, whether it's international adoption or domestic. And um, adoption showed me that it's not about less, it's about more. It's, it's all about more. There's more stories, there's more love, there's more activity, there's more stress, there's just more life to live. There's such a richness to every day. Thank you, Nels and Nicole, for sharing your story, for saying yes when we asked you, because we are so inspired personally by your roar, and we just love that we get to share it with everyone today. Absolutely. You you inspire us, and uh, we know that as a church and as individuals and as families, God is calling us to do more, and I think some of it some of our fears is that if we do more, what will we lose in the process? Mm-hmm. And man, you guys are just inspiring us to, to, to move forward. And, 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 and I guess what I want to tell you, Echo Church, is are we willing to keep working when we feel what we feel around us mm-hmm. is less? We have less ambition, less strength, and less resources. See, what we have learned firsthand is don't be surprised when God shows up when you hit E, mm-hmm. when you feel like you have nothing more to give. In fact, you might, you might not even feel like you have any more life to live or anything to live for. But I believe that God is calling us to be faithful. Mm-hmm. I think for others, he's calling you to just simply start. Now, I know I talked about the balance of work and waiting, but man, to take a step in your faith today is exactly what you need to do. I think it's important not to run ahead of God, but it's also to stay at his pace. So the question I want to ask you is this, is are you showing the world your roar? See, we believe that there is a roar inside of you, and it might be the size of a small seed. We want to encourage you to begin to water it, to begin to care for it, and to begin to start using it today. We can start because God has welcomed us into his family. We can be like God because he's adopted us into his family. How amazing is that? We want to take a moment and invite you to start a relationship with God. It's simple. It's looking at God and saying, "I, I can't do this on my own. It's this heart and this position of surrender. And God wants to come and give you a rescue. I want to invite you to just simply pray this prayer with us this morning as you start a relationship or restart a relationship with God. Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions than answers, but I choose to follow you anyway. I acknowledge that you lived, you died, and you rose again, all with us in mind. I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me and lead me. In Jesus' name and his authority, amen. And God, I I pray for those that are watching this service today. I ask that you would help us find joy in the tunnel, that you'd give us patience in the waiting, and God, that you would help us in our working. 
And God, that you would reveal that roar inside of us so that you would be known in this world at this very moment. In Jesus' name. so glad that the air does not hurt my face today. Anyone out there grateful for the lack of snow falling from the sky this Sunday? Well, praise hands for that one. Now, Christy prayed earlier in the message, and she prayed a, a message of surrender. Now, maybe that's you. Maybe you said that prayer for the first time today, or maybe you said it for the first time in a long time. If that was you, would you text the word rescued to 97,000, or would you email us? We want to connect with you. We want to help guide you and be support for you. Now, Echo, because of your generosity this week, we shared joy with a whole bunch of people. 
You saw the video earlier. The look on people's faces and the messages we received this week were amazing. You are making a difference. Now at Echo, you can give two ways. You can text the amount you want to give to the number 84321 and follow the prompts, or you can give on our website. If you're able and have the means to give, would you please do so? And if you don't have the means or you have a need, don't be afraid to ask. Now, a couple next steps for this week. First, would you join our Zoom table community right after this service? Follow the link below or the link is on our Facebook page. We would love to see your face and smile with you. One last next step. If this message spoke to you today, would you share it on social media and with those you love and care about? We think that could make a huge difference. Now, when I look at the Pearson family, it brings so much joy to me. I'm so glad that they are part of our church and that they were willing to share part of their story. Make sure you pursue that roar in your life because God wants to do big things in and through you. I have a very important guest with me today. This is my daughter, Joby, and she has something to say. Hi, Mother Shay, I miss you. <laughs>